Welcome back to Why Two Kids. My name is Patrick. Me, I'm Taylor. <laughs> All right. I don't know why I did this. I was thinking about Miyama Beto. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, Miyama Beto O'Rourke. Um, welcome back to uh, the show where we talk about things we watched uh, from our childhood in the years 95 to 2005. We kind of feel like that was our childhood. Um, we've been getting uh, into Survivor again out of the blue one day. Taylor was like, we should watch the new season of Survivor. And I was like, what? Oh. Okay, I've watched Survivor in 15 years. He went through like eight stages of of grief when I asked that, by the way. He was like, <gasps> and then he was like, hmm? It was like the kombucha girl meme. Like, he literally was like, it was like, no, huh, maybe. Yeah, okay. And then we became obsessed. And, uh, and we couldn't, like, we wanted to watch more than the current season was coming out. And so um, we were like, let's start from the beginning. And I was like, actually, I have an idea. I have a very specific season in mind, like the one that was like my childhood season where I remember a bunch of people and a bunch of stuff that happens, and uh, that's what we're going to watch. So that's what we did. We watched it. Survivor Season 7, Pearl Islands from 2003, and uh, boy, what uh, what an adventure. You know, I remembered two people more clearly than any, anybody else, uh, Rupert who clearly a fan favorite and has gone on to play the game of Survivor many times um, and well-liked for his ability to be well-liked and to be very helpful and to get fish for everybody every day and be that loving pirate bastard character. Um, and yeah, definitely a fan favorite for a reason and like definitely clearly my favorite player when I was six years old for a reason. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the man. He's the man. I will say, like, so we were watching this new season of Survivor. And, like, I say were because, like, as soon as we started the old season, we became obsessed with that and then, like, stopped keeping up with the new one. Like, we will get back to it eventually. But um, I, I something that, like, made me, like, anxious about this new season of Survivor is it's three tribes, which I didn't remember. And I just feel like there are just so many people. I don't know. Like, I felt like it was an infinite number to keep up with. And something that I just, like, appreciated about this watching experience is, like, I know who I'm rooting for because I'm rooting for who Patrick rooted for as a child. Like, it just was the way it was. And so it made it very easy to get invested. Um, and I, 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 we've all been through our survivor phases. Um, my survivor phase was with my high school boyfriend. Um, and I don't think we watched a lot of old survivor. We watched like the newer seasons. Um, I, I don't remember anything about any of them, like none of them, but we, we did binge that for a little while. Yeah, I, like for me, it was definitely when I was a kid. So that's like one reason why it was like perfect um, for this. Um, and then the other uh, sort of notorious character from my childhood who has sort of haunted me um, ever since because he's like from a, a neighboring town that I grew up, Johnny Fairplay. Johnny Fairplay, who we're going to spoil the hell out of this random episode of Survivor. So if you, uh, yeah, random season, thank you, Survivor. So if you watch the show and just haven't seen this, season or whatever um then you know skip this that's fine yeah don't let this spoil you because <laughs> it is worth the watch and worth the experience yeah we finished it and we were like i have a feeling that's gonna be one of the best seasons they're on 43 right now and i was like uh yeah i think that's like this is gonna be 
this has got to be uh, an elite one. And then when you start doing some Survivor subredditing, you're like, yeah, everybody likes this season. Everything's awesome. Johnny, of course, who became notorious, spoiler alert, for lying about his grandmother's death. Um, he had this sort of thing planned out where when they get to see their loved ones, who had to like do this like ridiculous walking the blank thing, which is so funny, um, that his best buddy, whatever his name is, best buddy buddy is going to come on and and pretend that his grandmother has died while he was gone um to sort of garner some sympathy and it works like a friggin charm dude i mean like everybody like throws the competition so that johnny can like hang out with his friend and get some more information about his grandmother and then it cuts to him you know doing that kind of interview thing whatever they call it and he goes my grandma's at home right now watching jerry springer <laughs> And like that became like one of the survivor moments, like when when Johnny Fairplay came on and like did a thing that nobody had, else had done and nobody else could do since because of him, and just like kind of thought outside the box in terms of like what this game would be. Like it's more it's more than just like making fire and finding fish and doing all in the challenges and not getting voted out. Like he was like the ultimate scoundrel and played every single person in that game and like had everybody thinking he was on their side, but also they knew that he wasn't on their side and he was lying to them, but somehow made it, he was like third, wasn't he overall? It's, yeah. it's been a while since we finished it, but like, I mean, like this is a guy who played the freaking game and between those two characters, like, I, I mean, we're talking survivor hall of fame here. And so it definitely was a very entertaining season because there were a bunch of people that we liked as well. I mean, it was like literal devil and angel. Like it was crazy. <laughs> like devil and angel going head to head. Johnny Fairplay was playing chess while everybody was playing checkers. Um, except he ruined chess for every single Survivor player ever again. Um, no one, you know, like, him doing that and him thinking that outside of the box just totally... Everyone's a suspect now. Like, not just in, in the season, because they didn't even know that until the reunion, but, like, going forward in future seasons, like, who knows what people can think of? He opened Pandora's box of, of you know, getting people. And that was just, like, holy crap. So, you know, Johnny Fairplay, gotta hand it to you. Um, I want to hear your personal relationship <laughs> with Johnny Fairplay, Patrick. So... Uh, Johnny Fairplay, who I'm pretty sure is from Danville, yes. Danville, right up the road from where I grew up in, in Roanoke, Virginia. And I'm pretty sure like he lives in Danville now. And so like they were doing like a, a comic con in Roanoke back when I was in high school. And, uh, he was like one of the celebrity guests and, you know, we paid him 20 bucks, whatever, to take a photo with them. And you did not plan to go to this though, correct? Correct. Like we were literally like walking down the sidewalk. There's a sign. It's like, hey, Comic Con. Like, Let's check it out. See what they have there. And there's Johnny Fairplay, um, doing his thing, looking the same as he did then, <laughs> looking the same, acting the same. And like I, I liked that about him. Like I liked that he's just like doubled down on his look, and his persona and his attitude. Like he makes a living, signing autographs and taking pictures and talking about Survivor and. Um, that's, you know, gave him 20 bucks, whatever it is. Might have even been more, might have been less. I'm not totally sure. Um, got a picture of them that we'll throw up on the Twitter in the next couple of days um, where he, like, made me throw up the Johnny Fairplay double piece signs, the deuces. 
<laughs> and uh, ever since then, I felt like, um, I don't know. He's just your hometown boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to root for the home team, you know. But, like, I also, I legitimately enjoyed him on this season because he's, um, I feel like he's got to be, listen, we, we're, we're early in our Survivor rewatching, right? But I just go, like, this guy, exactly, like, just what you said, like, a bunch of people are going to copy the way that he played now, you know? And I think that, like, being season seven out of what is now 43, like, he could definitely be, like, a legitimate pioneer in terms of the gameplay here. Those are the two heavy hitters. I just realized we haven't done our snack of the week. All right, we'll break it out. This episode is not sponsored, but should be by Cracker Barrel. If you are looking for a wide tooth... <laughs> oh, that you didn't get one from Cracker no. Barrel? Oh. Cut that out. I'll save it. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say. I'm not cutting it out. Um, I was just going to say, we went to Cracker Barrel yesterday. Cracker Barrel, please sponsor us. Um, they have the best nostalgic snacks and candy that you can't find literally anywhere else. Like, there are like there are candies there that I was like, these have not been made in years. Like, where did you get these? So, shout out to Cracker Barrel. No, we're still digging through our Maryland State Fair candy adventure, which at this point was about two and a half months ago. Candy cigarettes. Oh, my God. Hold while I open. Okay. Did you pick these for any specific reason relating to Survivor other than they probably need a cigarette while they're there? That's why. Okay, yeah. Uh, Not much to it. I... I've had candy cigarettes a handful of times. Uh, my mom is a smoker, so maybe it made me feel like I could relate to her. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I, they weren't my thing. You were really excited, though, when you saw these. Because, like, I didn't – I was excited because I didn't know people made them anymore. Like, I just thought it was one of those things that, like, you just couldn't get away with that shit. Uh, but apparently you can. I have, like, a very specific memory about how these taste. <laughs> It's going to be like chalk. Oh, my God. They they look exactly like I remember. The, like, little divots in them. Like, I remember that. You got to smoke it. Oh, my God. They taste exactly like I remember. <sighs> okay, now we I guess we just chew on these. I don't know. <laughs> you supposed to, like, suck on it? I think I'm supposed to bite it. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to bite it. They're not very good. Like Altoids or something. They're like minty. Yeah. I do vaguely remember that. Okay. Um, Who are some people on this season of Survivor? We don't need to do like a full rundown. Like either you watch Survivor or you didn't. This show is not a Survivor show. It's a nostalgia show. Maybe you watch Survivor. Maybe you didn't. If you did, you know who these people are. Then you know what we're talking about. So Taylor, who are your, some of your... Those are like two, I think, legitimate all-time Hall of Famers. Who are some other people that you liked on the show? I loved Dara. Dara is... You will be a Dara badge. Here's the deal with Dara, okay? Dara totally flies under the radar. And she's an icon for several reasons. One is <laughs> the Morgan tribe, which Dara was on, goes on a, I mean, painful, a, a life risking losing streak from the moment they get there they come to the island with like nothing they go shopping beforehand but just do it all wrong and 
they just lose every thing for like six games in a row. They also pick up a bunch of shit and then Rupert steals it from yeah. the island. So. Um, so, so they're on this island. They have literally nothing. And on top of that, they go in this mega losing streak from the moment that the game begins. And these people, how they were not hospitalized, I do not understand. I mean, they went without food and water for days and days and days. And at one point, um, when they're at uh, Tribal Council, <laughs> Jeff goes, Dara, I am watching your bandana become bigger and bigger and bigger on you. And she's like, yeah, I am losing weight rapidly. Like, she becomes, like, 80 pounds soaking wet, this poor girl. Um, I loved her because she went, she flew under the radar, and then out of nowhere, just a total dark horse becomes unstoppable. She gets, like, four immunity challenges in a row. It's like two. No, it's, like, at least three. I will compromise on three. It was not only two. <laughs> um, a queen. Like, she just totally becomes a dark horse. She becomes this huge... A threat it was so girl boss of her to be like when she gets voted off she was like it's really funny that their biggest threat is a girl that's 85 pounds soaking wet like that's so like queen queen shit and her husband is best friends with like people she played with um in real life today and i just i don't know i just think she, that she's awesome savage Love Savage, Mr. Armani Suit. Okay, <laughs> I would talk about this for a second. You know, the season starts with them like they they don't think the game's running for another three days. They're on this boat. They think they're gonna take photos, so they're all wearing their nicest shit, except for Rupert, who's still just wearing his tie dye, uh, whatever it's called. These are gross. I can't eat these. <laughs> and um, eat your world's finest chocolate. No, not right now. Um. And yeah, they make him jump in the water and swim to shore. And he just goes, he, I swear to God, he said a freaking number. Hold on. I'm sure he did say a number, but it was not 400. Probably like 2,000. Maybe it was 4,000. Maybe that's where the four came from. They make him jump in the water and ruin all their shit in their nicest gear. And Savage just goes, this is this is an Armani suit. And then he, like, wears it in pieces over the next, like, couple weeks. That suit ended up being the greatest thing he could have worn. I'm dead serious <laughs> because when it's really hot, he goes shirtless and he cut his pants into shorts. When he's cold, he wears his suit jacket and makes the shorts back into pants by, like, clipping them together. Like, he nailed it. I mean, I'm not, listen, I'm not advising the people go on Survivor wearing an Armani suit. Uh, but maybe go to Macy's. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, this is the uh, the Morgan tribe, right? And they they were just desolate. And I, I liked his acknowledgement of how, like, I mean, he got skinny too. I mean, he got small. They're just not eating anything. You talk about that moment where, like, they finally got a chance to steal something from the Drake tribe, and Rupert, like, talked him into taking some rice because they needed to eat. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, like, we, <laughs> yeah, like, we need this. Uh, meanwhile, Drake is eating, like, lobster. 
and with like butter and lemon and shit. Yeah, because they've they've gotten spices and they've gotten fucking everything. And um, yeah, I mean, it just uh, I felt so bad for them. Like they would lose, and I my my chest would sink in. Like I'd be like, they're gonna die. I was so concerned for them. And like like nobody on that tribe really seemed to give a shit for like a long time because they were just getting so depressed. Austin specifically. I like the fact that Savage was still like, we can do this. He was like a good leader. He took over. And, um, yeah, he definitely got enough airtime out of that Armani suit. Yeah, I mean, Savage was definitely, like, a favorite for me. Like, he he never, he never faltered. Like, they were given the worst circumstances ever. And he always had a positive attitude. He was always confident that they were going to turn around. And they did. They did end up turning around. There's a very infamous moment where, or infamous moment where the the Drake tribe is winning over and over and over again, which means they've never been to a tribal council. And people don't like going to tribal council. No one likes getting like risking going home. But you finally see this flip side of they're going. Uh, there are some people here we would like to send home, and they throw the competition, and they admit that. And that is the beginning of the end for both individual tribes because it totally changes the dynamic. Because once Morgan gets that first win, they're they're unstoppable for a little while. And they become really, you know, they're on, they're, they're real competitors now. And I just, yeah, I mean, this, this season just has it all. It was definitely like, um, it was a big slip up for Burton who pretty quickly gets voted off because they're kind of pissed about the idea. But then he gets to come back in the, what did they call it, the second chancer? The um, outcast. The outcast. He gets to come back. The outcast tribe comes back and gets another shot at, at coming back in the game. It's the same way that Lowell came back, who went all the way to the final two, who, by the way, super annoying. Never liked her. She really got on my nerves by the end. Yeah, Lil wasn't my favorite. Um, I... I respect her. I didn't like her. I think that, um, you know, I think Lil is a really interesting one in terms of the the connection to the scouts. She wears her scoutmaster uniform, and she's a very proud scoutmaster. And then as forced by this game, she has to do very unscoutman things. She has to be dishonest. She has to uh, play the game, you know, like things you have to do to stay on, which clearly she wanted to. And she gets so much flack from people of just, like, how can we trust you? Like, you're going against Scout's Honor. You're wearing this thing. And she just says over and over again, like, the worst mistake I ever made was wearing this to Survivor. Because it, it just made it so so that, you know, there, people think I'm above playing the game. And, I, like, I can't be or else I'll go home. And so I think, like, Lil was a really interesting person to watch. But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about her. However, Burton, who comes back in this outcast thing, like, Burton became, like, a favorite for me when it was, like, I knew that Rupert didn't win. Like, if if he had won, I would remember that, you know? And um, I was pretty sure that Fair Play's nonsense, like, I, I didn't remember who won, right? I was pretty sure that Fair Play's nonsense was eventually going to backfire. It took him a lot farther than I thought it was going to take him. But still, it was going to catch up to him eventually. You know, people were going to start talking and realizing he was bullshitting everybody. So for a while, Burton was my um, my like pick. Um, I, I wanted him to go all the way. Sandra definitely 
I, you want to talk about a dark horse. I never thought Sandra was going to win this season. I didn't either. And, you know, Sandra was another person that I, I, I wasn't thrilled by. I didn't think she played the best game. Um, but then I, I, I thought that and I thought that and I thought that and I had those opinions. And then she gets to the uh, reunion where she finds out that she wins. And she says, my name was never written down. And I went, you know what? She deserves to win. Good for her. Like, that that sold me on Sandra. The fact that no one, like, she must have been doing something right. Like, maybe they just didn't air everything. Maybe she really was that much of a dark horse. But, I mean, like, that's, that's crazy. Because there are a lot of people who just get one-off votes, you know? People who, you know, are unpopular for the week and then they do something great and then they never get a vote again. But to never have your name written down, that's awesome. Um, and, and I think that that's really admirable. Burton, Burton was one that I went back and forth on. I, at the very beginning, didn't like Burton. I was really happy when he initially left. I always thought that throwing that game was going to be really detrimental and it was. Um, and I was really, yeah, I was happy that he left. And then Burton came back and he had a heart to heart with Rupert and things were going well. And I was like, okay, maybe I like Burton. But then I think Burton got too comfortable being back. And I don't think he was put in his place enough. And I also just kind of got this feeling of, like, maybe if you were voted out once, you shouldn't get a second chance. Um, And the fact that him and Lil were just staying and staying and staying and staying, I just kind of felt like, "Mm, I don't know if you should get to come back. Um, And so so my opinion on Burton went, went, um, went in and out. But... What ruined Burton for me and made me just absolutely despise him was his facial hair after he was voted off. <laughs> that was it for me. It was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, who are some folks uh, that you didn't like? For me, um, and I get it, like, it's not maybe not the thing for you. For me, Austin's just complete, like, he showed up on day one, was trying to play the super cool macho man and just instantly like emotionally crumbled and was dead behind the eyes for the next two weeks and um it just makes him a super unlikable guy like you know you're not rooting for this guy you know he doesn't want to be there he says many times he wants to be there he says he doesn't want to be there that's what i meant i'm sorry he says he doesn't want to be there and they send skinny ryan home anyway because they just freaking hate skinny ryan for no reason why did skinny ryan okay he seems very sweet i don't know i don't understand he gets to the point where he just like legit quits and jeff you know gives him this like kind of this very unceremonious send-off you know no tribe is spoken just leave that's what you want you know and it definitely just felt like um what what are you here for because if you'd seen the show you'd know that this is going to be really freaking hard and it definitely did not seem like he was prepared for that I mean, he wasn't. He says, I'm pretty sure in the reunion, he didn't see the show beforehand. Oh, that's right. And he just, like, decided to go on because he seemed like if he was big and strong, it shouldn't be a problem. And he couldn't swim. He, like, drowned at one point. And, or, like, began drowning at one point. He wasn't, like, actively, like, underwater, can't breathe. But And just, like, literally nobody helped him. Jeff was like, Savage, go get him. <laughs> yeah, and Savage just like, dude, I weighed a quarter of his weight, but whatever. Um... So, like, yeah, you know, Austin, I wasn't crazy about him. You're right. Like, he was, he instantly hated his life there, and that makes you not want 
to root for him because there are people who so badly want to be there. And, you know, Jeff gives him this big talk of, you know, nobody has ever left Survivor willingly or the first person to ever do that. Like, basically, like, how are you going to sleep at night? And Austin's like, just fucking fine. I will sleep <laughs> just fine. I will sleep so good now. And Jeff is like, damn, like, okay. I mean, like, bye, I guess. And, um, you know, he mentions how, like, people all over the country would love to be on this show and they aren't chosen all the time and yet he was chosen and he doesn't appreciate it. And so like, yeah, I I feel all those things. Um, I think that in one sense it is kind of funny to see a guy who knew, who knows nothing about the show go on like that, that premise is funny to me, but it's very unfunny when that person then takes up your airtime and they're not like doing something with it. Like, if you had never seen the show and you just decided to go on on a whim and then you end up, like, winning, like, that's cool. Like, that's fun. Or you end up getting really into it or being really good at it. That's cool. Um, But he just – he wasn't. He was not very – I mean, he was good. He just – Austin's problem is that, you know, you have these two tribes that are constantly going head-to-head. And he is the strong person on Morgan. And Rupert is the strong person on Drake. And so they are constantly going head-to-head. Austin is unbelievably fit and strong, but he wasn't the strongest, and that ruined him. It's a different kind of strong, too. Big Boy Strong is, like, different than Jim Strong. It just is, you know. And Survivor's, like, built more around Big Boy Strong, you know. And so he didn't know that. He didn't expect that. And, and yeah, you're totally right. Uh, anybody else? That I didn't like. Um... I don't know. I guess not really. Lil. And for me... Well, yeah. I mean, like, Lil, I agree. Yeah, for me, it was Austin and Lil. Like, anytime they... Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Anytime they got airtime, I was like, next. Like, just... And Lil got so much of it towards the end because she made it so far. I know you didn't like Krista. Krista. Yeah, I just thought she was like a bump on a log. Yeah, I liked Krista towards the... um, You know, at the beginning. Like, I, I did really quite like anyone. Basically, like, whoever... Rupert liked, I liked, um, I feel like he was, he's an excellent judge of character and if he really likes Krista, then that, that's enough for me. And so I, I liked Krista, I rooted for her, but I know, um, you weren't crazy about her. And I guess in terms of like other people, like, um, yeah, I I don't know, just like some of the, some of the girls, like I, I, they all blend together, but like the, the girls that just went home early, like a lot of them, uh, they just don't get me wrong. Girl pride, Dara all day, but some of those girls just weren't cut out. Like I don't know how else to say it. They just weren't cut out, and that makes them just kind of like not fun to watch. Unless Pete and I, I will say like the thing about this season is I don't even think that people's strategy was all that great and cohesive. It just you had two huge powerhouses. Uh, Rupert and John, and then, like, Savage, I guess, for Morgan, kind of. And you just fell into someone's camp. And then towards the end, when those people leave, it's just a fucking free-for-all. Like, you don't even know what's gonna happen. It's really chaotic. There's no, like, tried-and-true system or method or an alliance. Like, it's just all over the place. And that made it kind of confusing to keep up with. You were just kind of along for the ride. Um, I, I hope that in the future we get to seasons that is, like, truly, like, impeccable, like, gameplay from, like, multiple people. I I would like to see something like that. Any other moments or just things that you want to bring up? Um, let me check my notes quickly. 
Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I don't think so. I think that that's pretty much about it. I I really, really enjoyed this season. Like I said, I, I feel like I had so much emotional investment in this. I mean, like, when, when Morgan lost, it was just unbelievable. Um, and then there are so many great, there are so many great moments during the show, like this season, I mean, you know, when Rupert goes to Morgan and realizes how completely desolate they are and he really starts bonding with them, but he just wants to go back home. He's a true Drake guy through and through the fake out with the merge. I mean, they just nail it. I mean, everybody nails it in this season and it's still early enough to where like, there are still kinks, there are still reworks, there are still things that happen, and I think that that's really charming, you know, it's, it's a, it's still Survivor, I still like it now, but it's a lot more formulaic, um, it still felt a little bit off the cuff this early on, and I, and that's just something that we don't get now. I mean, they, this is like pre-immunity idols and stuff, and there was, there was a time where they did... Well, no, they had immunity idols. Or, I mean, like, uh, the... Like the individuals that you can find, yeah. Um, and this is like I remember those seasons of Exile Island, like, and this is like pre a lot of the gimmicks, you know. Um, and like this is the show that I loved when I was a kid, and you can pretty clearly see like why six year old me would like think that this was awesome. You know, I probably only understood a quarter of what was happening, um, but Rupert was really fun, and I liked when they ran around. And I probably fell asleep by the end of the show or whatever, you know. But I definitely remembered so many things about it. And, like, this is the perfect way to combine a thing that we're getting back into and um, just something for this show. Yeah, definitely. I, like I said, I definitely was, like, familiar with Survivor as a kid. But I didn't watch it a ton as a kid. That came a lot later on. Um, but I'm really excited to, to go back and keep watching. And looks like there's going to be a lot more Rupert. What is your pick for next week? So, admittedly, Patrick and I had an idea that we were in, um, in cahoots on, and we decided to push it. So I decided to choose the very first thing that entered my brain. I am choosing the 1997 show, Recess. <laughs> did you watch Recess? I did. I remember the movie Recess, Teacher's Pet. Ooh, I think I do remember that as well. Maybe we can watch a little. Oh no, 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 no! Teacher's Pet was another show. It was Recess Schools Out. That was the name. Yeah, um, I I do remember the movie. I quite liked Recess. It was like our. This is a horrible analogy, but just try and get what I'm saying. It it was like our generation's like little tiny breakfast club, like a bunch of unlikely people who, you know, like I'm looking at our breakfast club poster that we have in this room going like, yeah, that's literally what recess is. It's just a bunch of unlikely people who come together and they're friends. And to be honest, I don't remember much about it, but I do remember really liking it. And I remember um, like older people in my life liking it a lot and being like they are cool I need to like this so much um and and yeah I'm I'm really excited to revisit this one until then where can you find this show online you can find us at featurepresentationvideo.com which is where you can find our website exclusive podcast feature presentation where we talk about new releases, things that we like, things that we don't like, and everything in between. Not as much things that we don't like. We're trying to be fairly positive. 
Well, yeah, I just mean like, um, I don't know, like when we hate watch things, like Love is Blind, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that we love. Um, we just uh, had an episode come out, I think today, where we talk about um, uh, Love is Blind, like I just said, and uh, we talk about all, all sorts of fun things over there. So go check it out, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. That's where you can not only find all of these podcasts, but everything we do. We have something coming out five days a week, and we hope to see you there. Um, we also can be found on Twitter at Y2KidsPod, and you can email us at Y2KidsPod at gmail.com. You can find me on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone, and you can find me on Twitter at Mailer Talone. Uh, you can find me at Patrick J. Regal uh, everywhere. Um, also listen to the Vince Vaughn-a-thon. We're going through every single Vince Vaughn movie, and we are uh, we're on the tail end now. We're past all the comedies, and we're headed into the more dramatic, more recent era. Um, it's a fun time to join that show as well, so run on over there everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. That's, I think, everything. I've really enjoyed talking about Survivor with you today, Patrick. I'm looking forward to watching more. And we will see you next week for Recess. See you then.